0: Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. Nice to see the room looking nice and full on your lovely smiley eyes. (laughs) So we're continuing with our series on the early church and all the things that happened after Jesus had died and rose again and ascended into heaven. And we're going to have a little look at some verses today that we find in the New Testament. And today we are talking about a lovely word. Tim has obviously prepared us, and he's more or less uh, lined the pathway, so to speak, but something that we all struggle with from time to time, and it's something that we all have to put into practice on a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis, and that is patience. So... I think we would all agree that over this last 18 months or so, we have all had to exercise patience in a number of ways. And for good reason, and that is to obviously keep us safe. So we have had to be waiting patiently before we can see family members and our friends. We've had to wait patiently before we can come back to our church services and see people and do church like this. We have had to wait patiently in work with all of the changes that have taken place. We have had to learn to be very patient at home as we have had to become teachers and homeschoolers. We've had to develop our patience for those of us who live with a spouse towards our spouses or partners. And we've certainly had to develop patience in every aspect of society, in our home lives, and we've all had to wait And so, we're going to look at patience today, because it's something that affects us all. Now, I know that we live in a a society where our patience is tested. We live in a fast society. Everything's microwave meals, drive-throughs, you know, everything's at the touch of a button. We want things, and we can have things really quick. And I suppose because we live in such a technologically advanced world where everything can be quick, sometimes to develop patience is a little bit more of a challenge for perhaps our generation. I was reading something this week, and you know when you want to go and like, watch a film or something on YouTube or Netflix, and there's that little buffering thing that happens? And studies have shown that after like three seconds of that little buffering of waiting for your film that you want to watch, uh, buffers, people think, oh, tough, I've had enough of this, I'm not waiting, and they click off, and then they try and you know, watch something else or go on something else. And I think that is amazing. So patience, what does it mean? So it means forbearance endurance self-restraint and the hebrew word is savlanet which means to bear or suffer and in the greek there are two words that express the word and meaning of patience and that is which is like long suffering and hypomino which means perseverance and so that is kind of where we get the word patience from so forbearance endurance self-restraint long-suffering perseverance and so, I was chatting to Sarah last week about what we were going to be looking at speaking on this morning, and so we had a little chat, and so patience was something that is obviously very relevant to us all at this time, and so um, we finished our conversation, and I went to get the dog harnessed, and I went over the park with my dog and had a pray, Lord, please help me to speak on patience, and you know, really help me as I learn, and go to your words, and just speak to me, and help me learn patience, and by the way, Lord, please don't test me on patience this week. Um, I've lived long enough, you know, 47 years on this planet, to learn a few lessons of patience, and I really don't think I need any more lessons. I'm kind of quite good at it now, and I've, you know, been through a few tests where you have tested my patience, and, I, you know, I'm not perfect, and I know I'm impatient sometimes, but I don't really need any more, you know, life-testing patience issues. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So... Went back home, looked at the clock, we I better go, I'm going to be late for work. Went to the key rack in the kitchen to get my keys. The keys weren't there. So then it was like the whole, oh no, where are my keys? And I'm sure we can all relate to this, those of us who don't like putting our keys in a special key place or a special key drawer. So then it's frantically looking around the house, every door, every surface, every bag, every pocket, and everybody in the house needs to get on to look for mum's keys. And then I'm starting to lose my patience, and lose my rag, and get harassed, and get stressed. This is Monday morning, this is not a great way to start the week. And I'm losing patience with myself. Why can't I just put the keys in the same place every day? And so I find my keys after three times looking in my handbag. I think, well, I'll check once, more. I tip my handbag upside down, and there are the keys, down in the depths of the corners of the shadows of the black leather handbag. And so I'm sure we can all relate to these silly little day-to-day occurrences which test our patience from time to time. And I was driving to work and I was going to be late and then I thought, thanks Lord. <laughs> I love your sense of humour. But sometimes it's good to take a step back and measure our sometimes weaknesses How can I improve in this area to make my life easier, to make my life a little happier, and to make those around me a little bit less stressed because of my actions? Why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep saying that? Why do I keep reacting in that way? And sometimes it's helpful to have a little look at our weaknesses and to be able to address them and improve them with God's help. And so, I am married to one of the most patient men that I know. Which is a gift to me, which is wonderful. But there's one thing that really I see my husband Adam lose his patience in, and he's alluded to this before. And it's like, bank holiday, let's go somewhere, it's a sunny day, let's go to the beach, let's go for a drive. And he looks at the weather and he says, uh uh, I ain't going nowhere near the M4. There's no way I'm going anywhere today. And I'm like, oh, I work all so hard and I just want to go somewhere and do something fun and nice. I don't want to stay in the house and do more jobs. (laughs) And when we do hit that traffic, which guarantees everything, we do do something on a bank holiday, we hit traffic, I can see him starting to lose his patience when he starts banging on the steering wheel and says, I knew we shouldn't have come, we should have just done the garden instead. And so we all get rattled by something. Something can, you know, enable us to lose our ad quite quickly, and we know our buttons. But let's look at the more serious side of patience. When we are praying for God to move in a situation when we are praying and waiting for a healing, for an illness or for a loved one to take place, or that family member who just keeps rejecting God in all our efforts and conversations and invitations, or that wayward child who is just making bad choices, that relationship that just does not seem to be changing, that partner we are asking God for, that financial difficulty we are facing, that persecution we feel we are going through, All of these trials and situations require patience. And in Romans 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. And so patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering, without getting angry or upset, just like Tim has just showed us in the kid's spot. And Joyce Meyer noted, Patience is not without getting angry, it is the ability to wait and how we act while we are waiting. So it's not just the ability to wait, but it's how we act while we are waiting. And so in Colossians, Paul writes a letter to the church there. And he is like reminding them of who Jesus is, of the deity of Jesus that he died for them, that he came to forgive their sins, that he came to give us life. And in this church at this time that was happening in in that time, there were a lot of like different ideas creeping into the church. Different pagan religions were having an influence, or different philosophies were sort of infiltrating the church at this time. And so Paul was writing these letters to kind of put, in a way, you know, these new believers like, on, the, on a straight path of teaching and theology of who Jesus was, and he was affirming the sufficiency of Christ. And so it says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is head over every power and authority. So there's no need to go back to your pagan religions. There's no need to, you know, accept these philosophies and strange ideas, because Jesus is enough. And so then he goes on and he talks and he says, "'We pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints.'" And when we consider some of the early writings of Paul, when he was, you know, teaching these new believers and, you know, helping these new churches get established, he must have experienced some patience. He must have developed and had patience with some of the things that were going on. And it must have been really challenging for him, trying to keep people on the right track of their beliefs And he was in prison writing these letters. There was no email, there was no text, there was no Zoom. And it can be so easy sometimes to fall back into old ways, or it can be really easy to kind of become a little bit watered down in what we believe, or, you know, watered down Christianity. Oh, you know, a little bit of that teaching, a little bit of that teaching, oh, and a little bit of Jesus as well. And so actually, Paul is encouraging people to live wholeheartedly for Jesus and accepting everything that Jesus came to do and was the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the hope for the future and the hope for the world." And so for us, it's really important that we continue to be living our lives close to Jesus, reading our Bibles, spending time with him, you know, not sort of deferring from the truth, but keeping close to ensure that we are bearing fruit and growing in our knowledge of God. And then we are strengthened in patience and endurance. Now, when I was a little girl, I'd often hear adults say, oh, patience is a virtue. And I used to think, what on earth does that word mean, virtue? What is a virtue? And so the word, you know, the saying, patience is a virtue, a virtue is a trait or quality deemed to be morally good. It is the ability to wait for something without frustration, and it is a useful skill and a good aspect of one's personality. And so as virtues go, patience is a quiet one. And it's often displayed and exhibited in everyday situations. At home, at work, in uni, in public, in the supermarket. This week I was picking some stock up from somewhere and as I walked into the office... There were two men absolutely going hammer and tongs, arguing with one another. And I walked into this heated discussion. It was rather more of a heated argument. And I sort of turned to walk out and they said, and they clocked me. And one of them just walked off in a huff. And the other one said, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, you didn't hear that, okay? And um, I carried on. I said, oh, don't worry, it's okay, the heat, it's the heat is getting to us. And then two minutes later, I'm in a supermarket picking up some groceries and there's a long queue And there's this lady walking up the queue saying under her breath, how dare they speak to me like that, how dare they speak to me like that, I'll give it to them. And then the manager was coming and she was like, excuse me, can I help you? Yes, that customer down at the toe was very abusive to me just now. And then she was blaming her for being abusive and she was blaming her for being abusive and I want to file a report. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. People are just losing their patience with one another today in public. And, um, you know, patience in the Bible is a word it's used to describe God's character. And it is a reflection of God and it's demonstrated in the life of Jesus. And so as we are about our public, you know, life, let us be seen as being those people who are, you know, demonstrating the character of God and the character of Jesus by being patient with those people who may have a little crossword to say about us or towards us. And I love how patient Jesus was with his sometimes impulsive disciples we think of hot-headed peter you know how impulsive he was and sometimes you know the other disciples he would just be like explaining you know an aspect of the kingdom of god or a story or an illustration and or a parable to try and help them grasp you know the earthly meaning of something heavenly and sometimes he would have to repeat himself and you know go over and over the same ground until the penny kind of dropped and you know jesus displayed this amazing patience with people and this is so encouraging for us it's so encouraging for me because it shows how god is so patient with us and in peter it says the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness slowness he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. And that is the heart of what we believe. That is the heart of the gospel message. That is why Jesus came. That is why God loved each and every one of us so much that he sent Jesus, his son, to this earth to die in our place and to take on himself. All of those times we lose our patience. We say something wrong, think something wrong, do something wrong, which we all do. And that is the reason Jesus came, so that we can be restored and stand before God, forgiven when we choose Jesus and that is the heart of our message and the reason why he came and that is so wonderful and so how can we develop our patience practicing patience helps us to control our temper and that ability is a sign of maturity you know children when they want something if they can't get their own way they immediately go into a temper tantrum well as adults sometimes we can throw a temper tantrum too when we are told no or wait or not just yet And so it's really good. It shows maturity when we can develop patience. It is a sign that we are growing in faith, that we are growing in maturity. And in Proverbs 15, 18, it says, Losing your temper causes a lot of trouble, but staying calm settles arguments. Because developing patience is difficult, we shouldn't be surprised how often it's actually referred to in the Bible, both in the Old Testament and especially in the New Testament, And when we consider all of these challenges and trials and persecutions that the early church would have faced and were going through... And how they developed endurance and perseverance and patience it is something that we can really take and glean for our lives today i'm sure none of us are going to be boiled in oil or fed to the lions or crucified upside down or thrown off a temple and beaten to death or stoned and all the rest of it but in our daily lives there are trials and persecutions and in things that we have to endure which are really hard And God encourages us to wait in him, wait for him to move, not to run ahead of God and meddle and do our own thing, but to wait patiently, it is a sign of maturity. And so being patient is hard, but losing our patience, especially with those we love, can be very damaging. Each time we lose it, we are putting like a dink in the relationships that we hold so dear. Now, none of us like it when other people lose their patience with us, do we? And if we're a sensitive soul, it hurts. And we carry around those hurts and scars with us for a lifetime, or for hours or weeks or days afterwards. And so, if we have been brought up in a home where people were perhaps very impatient with us, or people would lose their rag with us, or we were in a work situation, or a school situation, where a teacher was just constantly losing their rag, or an a boss or an employee was like really impatient with us. Those things can really hurt us. And so let's put ourselves in other people's shoes. That when we lose our patience with other people. And realize how much it can hurt and scar and, you know, help us to lose our, you know, makes us lose our confidence and things like that. So just be mindful of how we are with those that we love. Because it's often in the home and around those people that we love that sometimes we can lose our patience the most. And so start being patient with ourselves. Oh, there we are. That was me on Monday morning looking for my keys. (laughs) Get out of bed and look for my keys. And so, you know, it's helpful to start being patient with ourselves. And um, sometimes when I, uh, you know, do something that frustrates myself and I start losing the rag with myself and I keep muttering, and, oh, Sean, why do you have to do these stupid things all the time? Naomi comes in and she says, Mom, stop talking like that. It's really annoying, you know. And, uh, you know, have a go at yourself. So, you know, sometimes it's good to practicing being patient with yourself. Because God loves you. God is slow to anger. He is patient with us. So be patient with ourselves as well as being patient with those around us. And I love how practical we can take scripture and apply it to our lives. And so just a couple of really simple practical steps to help us in this area as we face trying situations on a daily basis. If we find we are losing our patience is to take a breath, and step back from the situation in the heat of the moment. Ask yourself, is being impatient actually helping this situation? Whether it's with our children, whether it's with our spouse, our boss, our friends, the bus driver, the person in the shop who's pushed in the queue in front of us. Is being impatient actually helping this situation? Practice pausing before speaking. This is so hard for some people. This is really hard for me instead of just, you know, giving a piece of your mind and getting riled, is to, like, stop and to pause before speaking. Explore your triggers. Are you hungry? I think it's called hungry, where you are angry because you're hungry. Are you dehydrated? Are you overtired? Never make a life-changing decision or an important decision just before you go to bed with your friend or your family member or your spouse. If you're hungry, have a snack. If you're dehydrated, drink water, take a breath, step back. And these are little practical things that we can do. Lowering our voice, that is often a helpful thing. And take a time out. You know, if our children are naughty, we say, right, that's it, naughty step. Time out, time out. And sometimes we, as adults, need to take a time out, where we just need to close the door, walk into another room, go for a walk, go and pray, go upstairs, splash your face of water, is just taking the heat out of that situation, pausing and considering, is losing my patience worth it? Am I going to damage these relationships around me as a result of me losing my patience? And so explore your triggers and get help. And you know, if this is a real issue for us, there is so much resource and people who love and care, or you might think, that is a really patient person. How on earth are they so patient in that situation? And ask them, how are you so patient? What helps you be patient? Can you teach me? Can you help me? Can you give me some tips? And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing weak in that. If we need help, we should get help and pray. Turn your eyes quickly to Jesus. What would Jesus do in this situation? And don't pray for patience, because guaranteed you will be tested immediately within five minutes And so we have to be careful what we pray for. Oh, Lord, please make me patient. Please make me patient. Don't pray that prayer. But we need to pray. We need to, like, get our issues out with God. We need to pray. We need to ask for God's grace and help and wisdom in these situations where we find ourselves becoming impatient. Uh, years ago we were in a house and we basically needed a bigger house because we were having a growing family and a lot of people coming to stay and live with us etc and we thought oh we'll put our house on the market and in six weeks time we'll have moved and everything will be hunky-dory and this was a season of life where God was teaching me patience because I'm a naturally fast person I like to get things done I like to get things fast I like an answer now I don't want to wait as I'm sure many of us are like that as well so we put our house on the market and we thought great Nothing, not a phone call, not a viewer, no interest at all. So we put a conservatory on, we decorated the house, we took better pictures, we reduced the price. We did everything possible to try and create some interest in Able so we could sell this house and move on. And nothing happened for three and a half years. <laughs> and I can remember waking up every morning, you know, being, you know, having a toddler, being pregnant with our next child, and really kind of outgrowing the house. And even this is just a silly little practical day-to-day thing. Uh, it was kind of like God teaching me to be patient. And when I look back, I can always remember thinking, if we hadn't waited, if we had moved, it wouldn't have been the right time, and we wouldn't have had the house we are in now, and it wouldn't have uh, been the right time. So three and a half years later, we finally got a viewer who liked our house and put an offer in, and we finally got to move to the house we're in now where we've been for 20 years. But we sold our house and there was nothing on the market suitable. The prices were going up, so we had to move in with my dad and uh, put everything into storage. And just a few months before, my mum had passed away. And so this was a really precious three months living with my dad and just having that three months with him uh, to heal and to just be with him and be company. And if he would sold sooner, that would never have happened. We'd have been living our separate lives in separate houses And also, we wouldn't have had the house we have now, which has been an amazing blessing in terms of ministry and hospitality and having people over and staying and bringing our children up. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we're waiting for things, we can't see what God has got planned in the future. And so that, for me, was a lesson in patience about not taking things into our own hands, waiting for the right timing. No matter what we do to try and, you know, orchestrate a situation, sometimes God knows best, and waiting is key. And so I want to finish with a little poem, I'm going to be all artistic today, and it says this. This is for parents, or grandparents. Give me patience when little hands tug at me with ceaseless small demands. Give me gentle words and smiling eyes, and keep my lips from hasty replies. Let me not in weariness, confusion or noise, obscure my vision from life's fleeting joys. So when in years to come, my house is still, beautiful memories in its rooms may fill. And this is for all of us. Patience is the ability to count down before you blast off. I like that. (laughs) And to finish, we're going to finish with a scripture in Galatians. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so I want to encourage us to continue to become patient people when we have to wait for something, when we are praying for things in times of affliction or pain, to trust in God, give it to God, keep trusting in him, know his plan and purposes will come to pass in our lives. So why don't we pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you are so patient with us You love each and every one of us. You are slow to anger and help us to take these things into our own lives. I thank you for every person here, Lord, that you love them, care for them, and watch over them. Thank you for everyone who's responded to your love and your invitation to know you. And for all those, Lord, who are perhaps looking and waiting and watching and trying to find out more about who you are and what you're really about, I pray that you would reach into their hearts even now and just open that sort of doorway so that they will come and find you today. So I pray for your blessing in this area and all of our lives, Lord. Help us to keep developing patience in our lives with those around us in stressful, tension, uh, situations we may find ourselves walking into this week. Help us to just step back to know that you are with us and you are patient with us, and so help us to be patient with others. Thank you, Lord, for what the early church went through that they are examples and models to us in our afflictions and painful seasons where we can learn to wait, knowing that you will never abandon us, you will never leave us, you are always with us. And even with those things we don't know the answers for on this side of eternity, your promise is true, that we will live for you forever, and we will come straight into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.